Well, good morning. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church. For all of you gathered here, or for those of you in our uh, overflow space, our corner classroom space, we're so glad that you're here this Sunday. And as Kurt mentioned, we're actually in our series Off the Page, where we're looking at the utterly challenging and completely life-changing teachings of Jesus, and how do we get them off the page of the Bible and into our everyday lives? How do we not just kind of read them and go, well, that's nice, but they really become words that guide and direct and shape and transform our lives. And I want to let you know that today we're going to be looking at one passage from the Bible, one thing that Jesus said that I believe actually can shape how you walk into this Easter, uh, and radically so, in fact. And my promise to you today, my promise to you is that you will have over the course of your time here today an undeniable transformational encounter with Jesus. I can promise you that. In fact, you may already have had an undeniable transformational encounter with Jesus and that you'll have a very clear and compelling invitation to take a next step with him today. That you're going to walk out of here with a very clear uh, next step that you can actually take this week as we walk into Easter together. So to get us into what the, we're going to be looking at this morning, I want to ask you a question that may seem a little odd, especially at church, especially in light of teaching on Jesus, but just trust me for the next couple minutes. I want you to turn to the person next to you and share with them the most famous person you've ever met. So I want you to think for a moment. You really got to think back. Who is the most famous person you've ever met? I want you to think of like highest level, celebrity, sports star, whatever, athlete, whatever it is. Who's the most famous person you've ever met? And here's what you're going to do. You're going to share for 20 seconds with the person next to you who it was and how you met him. That's all you got to do. Who it was, how you met him. I don't really know what you were wearing that day. I don't really even know how you were feeling. Just who was it? How did you meet him? And then have the other person do the same. Who was it? How'd you meet him? And in the last 10 seconds of these next 60 seconds, all you got to do is determine who knows someone more famous than the other. So you just got to determine who has the more famous friends. All right. Is that cool? 60 seconds. That's all we can do. So introverts, you can do this at 60 seconds. Extroverts, it's just 60 seconds. Turn to the person next to you. Who's the most famous person you've met? already switched, you need to switch to the other person. All right, now you can determine who knows the more famous person. All right. Well, um, this is good. You guys are very well-connected people. This is awesome. This is good. I don't, so I've had the privilege to meet a couple of you, at least that I would consider famous. You may not, but I, I consider them famous or whatever. And normally it's gone really, really well. Like it's, you know, I feel comfortable, feel like myself, that kind of stuff. Uh, there was one time, I've shared this story before, where I got to meet someone that really meant a lot to me, and I just completely fumbled in meeting them. And maybe you have a story like that, too. Uh, it, uh, I actually got to meet Derek Rose, uh, who's like, you know, someone I love. Um, if you're not familiar with Derek, he uh, uh, sometimes plays with the Chicago Bulls <laughs> when he's not injured. And so, um, so we, we want him playing more. And so this was when he was playing, you know, uh, more than a couple games in a row. And so I got to 
uh, I was friends with another guy on the team, so I got to go and meet him. We're actually in the player's parking lot, so he's getting into his car. It's a very kind of real moment, you know, and, and I've wanted to meet Derek for a while. I really respect him as an athlete, and so I got to walk up and, and say, you know, hi to him, and this is exactly what I said to him. I said, hey, Derek, it's a good game. <laughs> now, that wasn't a technical glitch in the microphone. That's exactly what I said to NBA phenom Derek Rose. I said, hey, Derek, it's a good game. That's all I got out. He got into his car and nodded his head. And that was the last time we ever spoke with each other. But I feel like we made a connection. I'm not sure. I feel like we made a connection. Now, I want you to think about the stories you just told a moment ago. And I want you to think about how that story would sound if you were to go ahead and tell it again, but you hadn't gotten up out of your seat to go say hi or walked across the restaurant to say hello or waited in line to meet that person. How interesting would your story of meeting a celebrity or someone famous be if you hadn't taken the risk to go up and introduce yourself to them? Maybe push past a little comfort zone. Maybe, you know, kind of had to do what you needed to do to get close to them. If you had not done that, how interesting or fascinating would that story be? Not very interesting, would it? You'd be telling about that one time you almost met so-and-so, right? That's not a very interesting story. And yet I think for many of us, if we were to be honest, what I want us to just spend a few moments looking at today, I think if many of us were to be honest, when it comes to the stories of our faith and our experiences with God, I think for many of us, at least myself, a lot of my stories are more like that, where I had a chance to take a risk I had an opportunity, maybe an invitation of God, a prompting, a stirring, or whatever, to step out, and for whatever reason, I didn't. I held back. I played it safe. I played it cool. I did whatever I felt or justified or rationalized I needed to do in that moment. I have more stories than I care to admit of opportunities and invitations I've had from God to take a step, to actually like step out and even potentially grow because of it and because of my own fear or for whatever reason, I didn't. Maybe you have some stories like that yourself. In fact, if we were to be really honest, the story of our faith is filled oftentimes more with those stories than the other. Maybe for you, it's, it's um, sharing about God's love with someone at work, all right? So maybe you're you know, it's, there's someone at work you know about, specifically because we're getting close to Easter, and you've wanted to invite them to church, you've wanted to let them know, you've wanted to encourage them with something, and you tell yourself you're going to do it. You know what, today's the day you're going to do it, but then the opportunity doesn't really come up, it doesn't really present itself, so tomorrow's the day you're going to do it, and tomorrow you're going to do it. And so you've been doing that for months, maybe even years with this person. Had an opportunity to step out, but instead you held back and played it safe. Maybe for you, uh, there's uh, like getting involved around here, being a part of Soul City Church. You've wanted to get involved. You've been coming for a little while now, and you want to be a part of this. You know that you have gifts and abilities that you can contribute to what God's doing here, and you've really, really wanted to, but for whatever reason, whenever the time comes or you have the opportunity to do so, for whatever reason, you hold back. I'm not sure what that's going to mean. I don't know about my time coming. It's kind of a weird season with my job right now or just new to the area. I'm not sure. And so for whatever reason, we have a moment to step forward. Instead, we hold back. Maybe for you, it's around um, giving around here. We do that every week. We talk about giving, how we love to joyfully give back to the God who's already given to us. And every time the bucket's passed, you have a really strong intention to do so. You really want to give faithfully and joyfully and consistently. You've thought about it and you've, man, I would, you heard the stories. Oh, that would be so great. But for whatever reason, each week you play it safe. You hold back. I think if we were to be honest, there's more stories like that in our life then maybe we'd even care to admit. So what I want us to do is look at a story of a group, a picture of a group of people who did not hold back from Jesus and how Jesus blessed that and also challenged us 
to not hold back and play it safe from him in our lives, specifically this Easter. So I'm going to ask you to grab a Bible and open to Luke 19. So if you have it on your phone, great. If not, would you grab one of these gray Bibles? It should be in your seat back right here. Grab one of these Bibles and turn to Luke 19. It's page 733 in the gray Bible. Grab a pen too. We're going to circle a couple of things. I want everyone to have the opportunity to read this and, uh, and really let God speak to you through this. So Luke 19 page 733. We're going to look at a moment, Jesus, a very challenging little teaching of Jesus for us to all be reminded of. Let me give you some quick context. The story that we're looking at today falls on a day that we actually celebrate today called Palm Sunday. It's a fun day in the Christian calendar to celebrate in anticipation of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so Palm Sunday was a day also called the triumphal entry of Jesus. That actually happened. In fact, it was the last time that Jesus entered into the city of Jerusalem before he would be arrested and tried and crucified and then raised by God from the dead. So he's coming into the city of Jerusalem. And I actually had the privilege to walk this path into the city of Jerusalem a couple years ago. And you kind of come down a little hill into a valley. And so there's this beautiful little valley that opens up and then you walk up into the city of Jerusalem. So things are kind of reverberating. They can echo the noise from within that valley can echo up to the city walls of Jerusalem. So that's right where we find Jesus on Palm Sunday. And people are there. And if you know anything about Palm Sunday, people are worshiping Jesus and calling out and crying out Hosanna and blessing his name. And so that's right where our little picture picks up here in Luke 19, verse 37. It says this, when he came near to the place where the road goes down from the Mount of Olives, it kind of comes down in this little valley, the whole crowd of disciples began what? Joyfully. It's very important. You might circle that. Joyfully. They began to joyfully praise God in what? Loud voices. So they began to joyfully praise God in loud voices voices for all the miracles they'd seen, for all that they'd seen God do. And they were worshiping Jesus because they saw his power and their thought was, well, he's here to liberate us from our Roman oppressors and so we're going to worship him. But regardless of their intentions, they were worshiping Jesus with abandon. And they're, they're calling out and worshiping St. Hosanna. In this text, it says in verse 38, they're saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They are worshiping with abandon. Listen, they are not holding back. And in fact, they're doing so so loudly, and there's such a crowd of them worshiping Jesus and praising him as he enters into the city that it causes a very real scene. And there were religious leaders that were always kind of around Jesus. They're always in like every story in the life of Jesus. The religious leaders of that day heard and saw what was happening, and they did not like it one bit. And so they say to Jesus in verse 39 this, they say some of the Pharisees in the crowd, the religious leaders in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. That's a very strong word. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. In other words, teacher, shun your followers. Teacher, tell them, now this is very important because you hear religion say this a lot, tell them they are wrong. Tell them they are wrong. They should not be worshiping you like this. Teacher, they are causing a scene. Rabbi, you need to control your crowd. They are getting out of hand with their worship here. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And isn't that so much like the voice of religion in our life? Anytime there's a good party going on, there's religious people there to ruin it. <laughs> True? There's always someone there to tell you, you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't right. You shouldn't do this. There's always those people in the crowd. Maybe you're one of them. We're glad you're here. <laughs> God loves you. God loves you too. And if there's a noise that religious people tend to make, and if there's an official sound of religion, it's this. Shh. Shh. Jesus, shh. The crowd. Shh. They're getting out of control. Jesus, shh. 
they shouldn't worship like this. People are raising their hands. People are dancing. Shh, Jesus. That's the sound of religion. Shh, to this raucous praise. Shh, to people worshiping like a way that we don't or feel comfortable with. Shh, to people and their passions that God has given them. Shh, to people's questions. Shh, to people's doubts. That's the sound of religion. Shh, shh, this uncontrolled crowd is not welcomed here because it doesn't fit into our box. And so the religious leaders are saying, don't, Jesus, don't let them get out of control with their worship of you. Shh, them. And I love what Jesus does. He shushes them right back. I love this. Read on. Last verse we're going to read here. Verse 40. Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now, this is someone who's very comfortable in who he is in God. He's saying, I tell you what, if, they, if I shh them for worshiping me, guess what? Rocks are going to rise up and worship me, and you do not want to see that. He says, I know who I am. The glory of God cannot be contained or controlled or shushed away. So if I tell them to be quiet, all of creation will rise up and say, he is the king. Glory to God. Praise to God forever in heaven. Jesus says, you cannot control. You cannot contain. You cannot hold back the worship that is due to my name. I know who I am. And I am worthy of praise. And if these people, this crowd plays it safe and holds back, rocks around me. Creation itself will call out and rise up and worship me. Now that is a powerful picture that Jesus paints. That when we hold back, if we were to hold back, that rocks themselves will rise up. That in fact, when you and I have all of our stories of when we hold back and play it safe with God, we are giving reason for rocks to rise up and say, well, if you're not going to praise him, I will. Well, if you're going to hold back, I won't. Well, if you're going to play it safe, I will not. Jesus says, listen, this, is, this praise, this glory that is due my name cannot ever be contained. It's a powerful picture to consider. And for me, to think about why it is, and specifically what I miss when I hold back from God. Why do I do that so often? Why do I play it safe? Why do I hold back from God more than I ever would want to admit? What is it that I get in the exchange? And specifically, what is it that I miss? I'll talk just for a moment about what you might get when you hold out. You might get a sense of control in the moment. You feel prompted, you feel stirred. Maybe it's even in worship to raise your hands. Maybe it's to get involved and serve. Maybe it's to share God's love. But you get scared in that moment. So what you get to do when you hold back and play it safe with God is you get at least the illusion in that moment of control. And that's, I guess, worth something. Or, or maybe you get to maintain your level of comfort, at least for the moment. If I have to, like, if I do that, then I'm gonna have to, like, change how I do my weekends, and then I'm gonna have to, like, change how I do my finances, and... I'd rather keep things as they are. And so maybe you can maintain a level of comfort or a certain level of comfort. I guess that I've thought and thought all week about this. I can't think of anything else I get, though, for holding back from God. I can't think of what else I get or receive for all the times that I've held back from God. I know what I miss. I do know that. When I hold back from God, I miss out on life. I do know that. I miss out on life. I miss out on the fullness of life that Jesus talked about. 
I miss out on an opportunity to step out and to grow. I miss out on a better story other than this one time. I was really feeling prompted by God to give, um, and, I di- and I didn't. This one time I was really feeling prompted by God to really take a risk and to serve and to step up and to take a you know, huge risk in my life, and I, and, and I didn't. I get a much better story. I can say, yep, this one time I felt stirred and prompted by God, and I thank God I didn't hold back. And I didn't have all the answers. I didn't have it all figured out. But I refused to give rocks a reason to rise up and worship him. I did what I could do and what God was compelling me to do in that moment. I want those kind of stories in my life. And my hunch is you do too. That you want stories where you say, I didn't hold back. I certainly didn't have it all figured out. But I did not hold back from God. And listen, I can tell you in complete humility in complete humility, that I am where I am today, like the reason I am where I am in many ways is because of all the people who did not hold back before me. I am where I am today because there are people who refuse to play it safe and hold back. I am where I'm at because they refused to hold back. I'll just give you a couple examples and I want you to consider and think about your own life. I thank God for the folks 40 years ago, a group of high school and college students who had this vision from God about a different way of doing church here in Park Ridge, Illinois. And they were so stirred and compelled to God, they refused to hold back. And together they formed a little church that became known as Willow Creek Community Church, forever changed the idea of how people could do church in the world. And that's the church where I stumbled into in 1995, not knowing which end was up. And that is where God taught me what it really means to live a life fully devoted to him. I thank God those people 40 years ago did not hold back changed my life. I am where I am today because they did not hold back. I thank God for people 20 years after that, a group of 20-somethings who came and they visited Willow Creek and they're from Atlanta. These 20-somethings were from Atlanta and they saw what was happening in Willow Creek and they said, what if in our city this might happen? What if we actually refused to hold back and play it safe and kind of keep our comfy jobs, but we went out on a risk and a limb and started a church like this? And they did, and that church called North Point Community Church. In fact, it's the church that Gene and I worked for before we started Soul City five years ago. I thank God they did not hold back. My life was changed because of that church. I thank God for folks like Dick and Sybil Towner who did not hold back on Jeannie and I. They were our marriage mentor couple 20 years ago. And they have stayed in our life ever since. In fact, this week, Jeannie is going to visit Dick and Sybil at their retreat center. They are still actively a part of our life, and they have yet to hold back on investing in our marriage. I thank God. Listen, our kids are blessed because Dick and Sybil didn't hold back. I thank God for the the people who heard the vision of what God was doing here at Soul City Church five years ago, back when all we were was a website. And there's people from literally all over the country. In fact, they're sitting in this room, Chris and Lizzie Wheat, Kurt and Katie Duggleby, Amy Lawler, and many others who literally left jobs and moved from all over the country to come here and be a part of what God was doing. They did not hold back. They did not hold back. And there are many, many more like them. People who said, well, what are we going to do? Just stay here and keep collecting paychecks and enjoying the benefits of health care? <laughs> wait a second. Why did, why did we, why did we, what were we thinking? And they said, no, I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to hold back. God is in this and I don't want to miss this. I want a better story for my life. I thank God that they did because I am who I am. I'm where I'm at because they didn't hold back. I thank God for the Searles family who owned this building, who heard about what was happening and said, what if we gave rent-free this space, this whole space you see today, we gave it to this little startup church 
rent-free for the first two years. I'm telling you, that there was a lot of people, financial advisors in their life, who said, that's a terrible idea. Shh, is what their financial advisors kept telling them. But in faith, they said, no, God's doing something here. And so they gave this little startup church, this entire space, in the heart of the fastest-growing neighborhood in the city of Chicago. Could have done a lot of other things with this space, made a lot of money off this space. They said, no, we think this is actually a better investment. I thank God. My sense is you would too. You thank God they did not hold back. I thank God for the people who have seen what was happening in this church and the way it was growing and said, no, 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 we can't kind of let these people keep growing out of room. And so they financially gave. And in fact, two years after we were given the space rent-free, there were folks who stepped up and said, let's buy the space. Let's not lose this. Let's keep what's happening here. And so they were able to, to raise the money to purchase this space. And then not only that, folks came along and said, well, this isn't enough. And so they saw what was happening in the neighborhood and they saw the dirt next door to us. And they said, what if we were to hold that dirt for this church until they're ready to step into it? And so by faith, they did not hold back and they bought the land next door to hold it for this church. I thank God they did not hold back. And I thank God that we are not holding back in the vision God has given us for that land next door. As we grow this year, you're about to see God do amazing things in and through our church this year. Please stick around for the ride. Be a part of it. Because I'm not holding back. And I don't want you to either. I am where I am at today because people refused to hold back. And you know what the truth is? So are you. So are you. <laughs> I mean, have you ever thought about that before, that... The reason you're sitting here right now, or in overflow right now, is because someone refused to hold back. They refused to let rocks rise up and declare the glory of God. And so they invited you to come. You gotta come check out my church. You gotta come see what God's doing here. Maybe it was at a low point in your life, a place where you didn't know how you were gonna make it through, and they did not hold back the compassion and the love of God. They said, why don't you just come with me? Why don't you just sit with me? And you came here and you saw, they told you, look, just come. I mean, the, here's the deal. You're going to get a free coffee mug. So at the end of the day, if you hate it, at least you're up by a coffee mug. And you came and, and you sat. Do you know the seats you're sitting in were actually bought by people just like you and me who refused to hold back? The cheapest, most uncomfortable church chairs that listened to me were literally bought from a website called churchchairsforless.com. That's a thing. And we found it. And these people said, listen to this by faith, I'm going to buy a seat for the people who will one day sit here. In fact, people who have moved away and live all over the country and all over the world bought the seat that you're sitting in today so that you could have a seat. Thank God they did not hold back. You know, if you met your spouse here, or you've had your marriage restored or renewed here, thank God for the people who commit themselves to your marriage here at this church that they don't hold back. I thank God for Greg and Judy Goals. I thank God for Jill and Jerry Kryland who saw all the young folks who were finding each other and starting out in their marriage and said, we gotta help these folks start a marriage built on the foundation of God. And so they started a thing called Soulmates. It is, it is a premarital class that is packed out, sold out, waiting list every single time we open the doors. I thank God that they did not hold back. In fact, right now, your kids may be upstairs in Soul City Kids. You may have kids upstairs, and you may not have ever thought of this before, but aren't you glad those volunteers didn't hold back this morning? They could have easily slept in. They could have easily hit snooze on their alarm. But aren't you glad they didn't hold back and that they are up there loving and caring for and pouring into your children? What a gift it is. You wouldn't be here if someone 
if someone in your life didn't hold back, refused to play it safe. And so as we walk into this Easter and as we walk through this Holy Week, I think there's an incredible invitation for every single one of us to refuse to give rocks reasons to rise up. You're holding back from something in your life. I know this only because I know myself. You're holding back from God. What would it look like for you this week to say, I'm not going to hold back. What do I gain? What do I get from holding back from a God, now listen to this, who's never held back from me? This is a God who has never held back from you. In fact, the very thing we celebrate at Easter is evidence of that, that he spared his own son. He gave up his own son so that you and I could have life. This is a God who has yet to hold back from you. So why would you hold back from him? Why would you hold back from him? And so my hope and my challenge, my encouragement to you this Easter is to not hold back, to consciously be aware this week of opportunities God gives you to step out, to step up, to take a risk, to say, all right, I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to invite them to Easter. I'm going to show up. I keep talking about serving. Kurt told me I need to do it. I'm just going to show up and I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the website and figure it out. I'm going to be a part of what God's doing. I'm not going to hold back and give all my reasons and rationalizations for why this isn't a good time. I'm not going to hold back this week. I long for you to have a better story of faith than one of playing it safe and holding back from God. So we're going to move into a time of worship right now, and I want to encourage you, even as we worship, to not hold back. We're going to sing the words that were sung to Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord. Would you, in this next moment of worship, not hold back? Refuse to give rocks reasons to rise up and sing in your place. Now listen, you may have the worst voice in the world. Would you raise it up and make it a gift to God as we sing together right now? You may have never known what to do with your hands during worship. What are you supposed to do? Am I supposed to keep them here, here? You kind of play it in the safe zone. Maybe for you today, you're going to sort of raise your hand and say, God, this is you. I give this all of you. I'm not going to hold back my worship from you today. Can you imagine the sound of that reverberating and resonating throughout this city as we say, God, we refuse to hold back from you any longer. So let me pray for us and then we'll worship and close out our time together. Jesus, thank you that you did not hold back. Oh God, you did not hold back from me. And you had so many reasons to. I've given you so many reasons to hold out, to hold back to play it safe with me, and yet you offered up your whole self. You suffered and died so that I could live and be whole in you. So help us, help me to not hold back this week, to step out in faith, to respond to the promptings you give me, to the nudges that I've been having for so long. Would you help me not to give any more excuses, but to step out and to not hold back another day. God, I pray that we would feel the tangible difference of that in this next moment and throughout this week and as we gather together next Easter, we pray this in your mighty name and we declare Hosanna, Hosanna to you, Jesus. Amen.